Hey guys, we are live here. Welcome to the Baxter Riches Podcast. I'm Zach Ginn, your host. I'm joined today by the last person from Bachelors. We finally got him in, Ego, Evo Dragunov. Evo is the co-founder of Batch Leads. He is a real estate investor and wholesaler out of Phoenix, Arizona. He's just an awesome dude, and he's going to talk a little bit about SMS marketing today, some of the changing struggles a lot of people are having in 2020 and 2021 about it, and how to actually have the most success possible. Thank you so much, Evo, for coming on. Thanks for having me, Zach. Happy awesome. to so, share anything. Great. So... Um, Let's start from the beginning here. Um, can you do a quick story for anyone that is completely new to who you are or batch leads? So like, how did you get into real estate? Uh, so I actually started in 20, I want to say 2018, uh, sorry, 2008, actually in real estate. Uh, so I was, uh, I was, I mean, actually I wasn't, I started, I got my real estate license at seven, when I was 17. Uh, actually when I turned 18, I obviously I took the class at 17, got my license at 18. Uh, and I just started fixing and flipping. So I, I did fixing and flipping uh, part-time. Primarily, I was uh, working at my dad's construction company. It was a plumbing, air conditioning construction company uh, at the time. So after hours, like I'd literally go and like fix and flip houses and work on the houses and remodel them myself. And that's how I started. Uh, I was doing about you know three to five a year in the first couple of years. I kind of increased a little bit after that to maybe six to, six to eight houses per year after that. Uh, and in 2015, I decided to, you know, I, I just uh, don't enjoy uh, my day-to-day -day on my you know, plumbing, air conditioning, construction side as much. So I wanted to just uh, do real estate full-time. So I basically, um, again, started doing full-time. Uh, I started fixing and flipping a lot more houses. I did 17 that year in 2015. And, you know, inventory kind of started drying up. Um, for, you know, like I'm trying to like buy and sell houses. I always have to have my profit margins. So I started buying from a lot of wholesalers. And when I started buying from wholesalers, you know, I, one time I noticed, you know, hey, this guy's selling me a property. I'm going to make money and I'm going to make money on it. And I did end up making about $25,000, $28,000 on that property. But uh, I noticed on the settlement statement, there was an assignment fee of uh, $15,000. There was another assignment fee of $15,000. I'm like, what is happening here? I, I had no idea what an assignment fee is. And I just, I called that a company. And she's like, well, this person bought it for like 87. I forgot the numbers. This person bought it for 87. They, they sold it to this person for 15,000 profit. They sold it to that person for 15,000 of profit. And you're buying it basically at the end. I'm like, huh, okay. So, so then I started looking into wholesaling, what wholesaling is and all of those things. Uh, got into it uh, with Annie at the time. And, um, and then things, you know, we started doing full-time fixing and flipping wholesaling at the same time. Uh, we had a lot of like fix and flips at the time, 2015, 2016. Um, later on, um, I start, I met uh, Jesse, uh, which obviously did a podcast with him. Uh, and then we partnered up and um, we started, um, we had some like needs that um, weren't kind of getting met with some of the technologies and you know, CRMs, uh, lead generation platforms and how to manage your data. So we actually like just started, uh, we hired a couple of developers and we wanted to solve a problem that we were facing. And then, you know, after, you know, like $20,000, $25,000 worth of work, uh, we're like, well, you know, maybe we can resell this thing. And then, you know, those $25,000 investment turned into a, a lot more, basically. Uh, but we wanted, we basically brought in a couple of people like, hey, you know, I, I'm using, but we told them, hey, you know, this is how we manage your data. 
they asked, hey, can we use it? So that's how the whole you know, batch leads idea started. Um, at the time, it used to be called batch lead stacker. Uh, we renamed it uh, later on, but uh, that's, that was how the whole project started. And uh, just in a nutshell, that's kind of my, my story. Yeah. So also, you guys do a lot of skip tracing and SMS, but I think a lot of people have heard your story, and I think it's really, it's really relatable for a lot of people. Um, starting out, everyone's got one. Uh, who was your uh, guru that uh, kind of got you in or got your foot in the door? Uh, with wholesaling or? Wholesaling. Oh, definitely Sean Terry. <laughs> oh, man. That guy's the goat over there. He's, he's a great he, dude. He's the best. Uh, I just talked to him a couple of days ago. Uh, still look up to him. Like He's, he's uh, definitely one of the people that I definitely look up to and uh, try to learn from for a lot of different areas. Yeah. So uh, right now, after talking to Jesse, you guys are all together on all these deals. Are, are you primarily doing wholesaling now or are you doing other adventures? No, we, um, I want to say that I kind of graduated from like wholesale, to be honest, for the most part, uh, earlier in the year, um, like January, February type of thing. Uh, and we just focus on some bigger deals. Uh, we have um, four, 51 manufacturing houses we're putting um, out in Kingman, uh, not, sorry, not Kingman, Whitman, um, Whitman Arizona. Uh, we have 22 or 23, I think 22 houses got approved from the city, uh, single family residential houses we're building from the ground up. And also a 60, give or take 60 unit apartment complex that we're working on. So we're just working on some bigger deals. Uh, we're, we bought another like 11 unit apartment complex we're going to be doing from the, from the ground up. Uh, so we're just doing a lot of like new development now at the moment. Okay. And are those like bigger deals, like the manufactured houses and the apartment complexes? Are you trying to make, are you trying to cash out on them or this is something for like long term income you're trying to do? Uh, honestly, uh, so the manufactured houses, we are going to resell. We may end up keeping some of them. Uh, we'll see. Uh, there's still like, we've sold a bunch of them. Uh, there's still more that are coming in the pipeline, uh, just because there's a lot of like, obviously through the whole coronavirus situation, even the manufactured houses got pushed back with like times, time, timelines and when they're going to be completed. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're still selling a lot of those. Um, and as we complete them, we, we list them on the market and we sell them. Uh, again, we may end up keeping some of them, uh, but the majority of them we're going to sell. Uh, the same with the, for those 22, um, unit, 22 single family houses. The idea is to sell them. And uh, the apartment complex, that's more of uh, kind of the area where we, want, we may end up keeping the majority of them. Okay. Uh, we're going to obviously like we have a smaller unit, 11 units that we're going to be doing. Uh, those we're going to keep. And, you know, we're probably going to refinance and again, keep long term. Awesome. So b back to batch leads. So if you can kind of do a quick synopsis of what batch leads is, because I know a lot of new people ask me like, hey, is that what's batch leads? Because it's a long explanation. You got skip tracing, list scrubbing, SMS. So can you talk about the whole like thing about uh, batch leads? Yeah, so it's so it's basically a prospecting platform in a nutshell. To where you know it, it's you use batch leads before uh, you can actually say, "Hey, this person uh, is is my lead, and I need to basically send a contract to him in a way." Uh, that uh, so so batch leads is the prospecting platform. Uh, it allows you to uh, get your list, so you can say, "Hey, you know, I live in Houston." Let's say uh, we had some guys actually from Houston today that were on Steve Chang's podcast. Uh, that I have to like do a little demonstration for. So um, 
the guys are basically, hey, you know, I, I, I'm, we're in Houston. I show them how to, hey, you just type in Houston. You want vacant properties, maybe absentee owners you want. You can get those pro uh, properties. You can just couple, click a couple of buttons. You can skip trace them, meaning that you can get their contact information, phone numbers, emails, and so forth. Uh, and then you can potentially, if you wanted to, you can uh, send them text messages. Hey, you know, I want to, you know, buy, buy your house type of thing message. Uh, or you can, you know, we just recently uh, implemented our uh, dialer integration to where you can just, you know, say, hey, I want to push this to my dialer campaigns. So it'll go into your dialer campaigns and then whoever's cold calling, maybe you have a team, maybe you're doing it yourself, uh, you can do it. So it just makes it, oh, and I forgot to mention the, the, the most important part, you can always like list stack and manage your data in there. So list hacking is uh, the, the whole concept of, hey, I want to be able to figure out who's the most motivated sellers out there uh so you can so if you have a list of let's say vacant properties you have a list of tax default properties maybe like an inherited or probate or whatever like other lists you have you can say uh hey i want to see properties that are on uh and i'll give you a perfect example today when i was just doing like a demo in one of our, one of our accounts uh we said hey i want to see properties that are on tax default uh that are vacant and that um were in pre-foreclosure uh, those three variables and there was about three properties from within the database it was a test account that we had so i have no idea honestly um, what properties were in there but basically uh, three results came so those three uh, properties again were tax default um with the, did i say vacant and then pre-foreclosures uh and those are going to be great properties you know for you to contact and try to get a hold of those people and just ask them hey you know do you want to sell your house i'm a local investor trying to you know buy another rental or another investment property uh, would you be interested in the cash offer? So, um, so in a nutshell, that's you know what Batch Leads is. Batch Leads is is a, is a prospecting platform. Oh wow! Okay, I mean, in my personal opinion, uh, I've used kind of all of Batch Leads stuff, Batch Driven, all that fun before and it was going out before, but I've, I've yeah. used all of it. In my personal opinion, I think the biggest money maker on there is the SMS part. I, I just, I mean, the cold calling you can probably make a good amount of money, but in my personal business. I mean, the, the SMS is, it, it's amazing. So um, the real question I had for you here with SMS is uh, it's been a mess for a lot of people. I, I mean, it's been a cat and mouse game. Obviously that's how, I mean, cold calling used to be back in the day, but can you kind of explain what's going on in the SMS texting side of things? I know you're in the up and up about everything here. I mean, you're, you're the systems dude. So uh, can you tell me like what's going on with SMS? Like why is there some people that are doing really well and some that are, aren't on other platforms? Yeah. Um, so I'll try to explain it as best as I can. Uh, there is, yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's some people that are uh, texting, you know, I have, we had some users on our platform uh, about four months ago that were sending out 60 plus thousand messages per day. Um, so unfortunately, you know, we basically got, uh, for lack of better words, let's say from some of our, some of the carriers, like kind of season disease type of thing, to where like you have we have to st stop the mass sending at that level. So we had to make some changes and um, you know, kind of lower the lower people sending volumes because a lot of people were complaining. Uh, we talked to a lot of lawyers. Um, and this is just literally this week, actually, that there has been always like some more cases with, um, you know, people buying and selling the people buying and selling houses, investors, uh, not so much realtors, but, you know, obviously realtors fall in that same category. Um, and it's just that uh, what's happening is, and especially the last three months, and, you know, I, I 
I can never tell and nobody's ever going to tell you the truth. Uh, but I think it's a lot of it has to do with the, the political, um, you know, the political campaigns. Um, you know, there was a lot of messages back and forth with a lot of the political campaigns. Uh, on top of that, investors are sending messages. So the carriers the past three months got very, very, and this is literally the past three months where a lot of changes were made. Uh, and the carriers got very uh, defensive of what messages they actually let through uh, to their subscribers. So what's happening is, you know, our system sends out messages and, you know, we use a lot of like, uh, I, I, for lack of better words, let's say third party vendors to send. So they're kind of like the middleman, you know, like, I mean, some of you guys know me, obviously like Twilio, there's, you know, bandwidth, a lot of these uh, carriers that you can connect to. And then they basically send the messages to Verizon, AT&T, uh, T-Mobile Sprint. Um, so, uh, the messages a lot of times what happens is they get blocked by the receiving provider meaning verizon at&t um and it's not so much you know like the, those those middlemen like even us uh, as a middleman it's not we we basically send hey you know we, we have a message the user is sending uh, right writing a message they're clicking send we let the message go and then the the message actually never re, uh, gets to the actual end user and the reason is because verizon at&t team over they're blocking a lot of these messages in masses uh, and again, more so the past two, three months is where a lot of the changes were made. Um, a lot of, and, and nobody's actually checking those messages, you know, manually. I mean, all of this is computer algorithm softwares and trying to pick up and identify similar messages. Uh, so for instance, you know, let's say um, I, I send you a message, hey, Zach, you know, would you like to sell your house? And you say, stop. So then the next person behind me says, hey, Zach, would you like to sell your house? You say, stop. And then the third person that tries to contact you, uh, Verizon, let's say, I'm not sure what carrier you're with, but let's say Verizon is going to say, hey, you know, this Zach responded twice to the same message. We're just going to completely block that message uh, to get it going into Zach's phone. So this is what a lot of these users are seeing. That, 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 hey, you know, the third person is going to say, so the first and second person are going to say, okay, at least I got a response. The third person is going to say, hey, well, the system is broken. I never got a response. So what a lot of these users, you know, can do, and, you know, if you see on Facebook and all of these things, and we got a lot of people in our, even in our chat requests, uh, you know, trying to talk to support, hey, what is the magical message that I should send to, to sellers? Uh, you know, what is the magical list? What is the magical message that I should send to sellers to get them to respond? So we try to stay away from actually providing any kind of messages or templates type thing, because as soon as we, if we provide the template, then there's like, 2,000 users that potentially use the template and all of those 2,000 users are going to get blocked. The first couple will get through and then the other ones are going to get blocked automatically. So yeah. what, what a lot of the, uh, the users, um, you know, if you're sending messages, what you can do is really pay attention to a lot of your templates. Um, and again, it's, e it's, it's very, very easy for companies like Verizon, AT&T to block messages that look similar. Um, I got an email about two weeks ago from one of our carriers saying literally that the email said, hey, are you providing templates to your users? Because a lot of the messages are literally the same. Um, and my response obviously was, no, we don't provide any templates. But looking through the messages, everybody's saying, hey, my name is, hey, is this, you know, name? Um, is this, let's say, the homeowner? Uh, I'm a local investor. Would you be interested in selling your house? That's the message that goes out. And those messages are getting filtered out. And again, it's not from our system. It's not from our, my competitor systems. It's not from uh, even Twilio or the other vendors. 
Verizon, AT&T are preventing those messages from going to their subscribers. Um, so the the texting game is definitely going to change. Uh, it definitely has changed from what it was even six months ago. Um, I can tell you that it's definitely going to change, and a lot more restrictions are going to go in place. I think it's for people that are sending, um, you know, thousands and thousands of messages a day is long and is, is gone. I mean, it, you could potentially still do it in some way, shape, or form uh, for the most part now, but it's uh, it's going to very soon be unrealistic. Um, and part of it is because not and not just Verizon, AT and T, even though they're you know using you know third party applications to block a lot of these messages and they have their own algorithms. But then, you know, Google and Apple are both doing additional steps to be able to prevent people from being spammed in a way, because a lot of these messages, you know, I mean, you, you may think that you're not spamming them, but a lot of people are complaining from, from, that they're getting spammed from investors. Um, we have some sellers in our platform that have been messaged, you know, upwards of 80 times from our system. So, you know, it's one of those things that, it's very very saturated you know about it about a year and actually i started texting in 2000 december 2017 is when i started texting and you know i can send 800 messages from a single phone number uh and i you know we were one of those people that were blasting the whole county we had the whole county's numbers and we were just like just sending messages left and right um and but at the time again it was a different um it were, there were different times um, to where, you know, nobody was paying attention to a lot of these blockages, uh, templates, uh, you know, obviously rotating templates and messages helps, um, but you can only get so far with blasting so many people. Yeah, I, I feel like an old man talking with you about that because I didn't text in December 2017, uh, but I remember Bandit's Play didn't work, so I started cold calling in 2017. and. That was where anyone started cold calling my market. And I was like, oh my gosh, I go back to the good old days. But um, my next question here for you is, uh, this is pretty obvious, but I, there's a lot of people saying, you know, SMS is dead, don't do anymore. Um, from your experience with your users, I mean, especially with me, like people are still getting SMS deals, right? Yeah, definitely. So uh, it's one of those things that, like I said, like I kind of uh, alluded to a little bit earlier ago, people that are lazy are probably not going to, they're probably going to do what the other person is doing and it may not work eventually. Uh, it may not work for them like when they want to see results. Uh, you really have to be creative, uh, even changing up your messages. We have some people that are really being creative and uh, sending messages like, you know, hey, you know, um, for instance, I'm just going to give you an example of a message. Hey, did you get the letter that I sent you in the mail? Uh, and then usually people respond, like, you know, who is this? And then that, the conversation happens. Uh, you're trying to kind of get that first response. Um, and you know, text messages is not text messaging is not dead. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of my friends uh, he texted me, "Hey, you know, system's working great." Actually, uh, like two people texted me in the past uh, ten days saying, "Hey, I have, I'm getting, I got 14 deals this month from batch leads. It works great." And then at the same time, there's people that are saying, "Like, hey, you know, I can't send a single message because I'm not getting any responses." Uh, and again, yeah. unfortunately. There's only so much that uh, we can do, and then there's only so much that even like a lot of our, my competitors, they're in the same kind of ball game that we are uh, on trying to send messages and trying to uh, figure out, you know, carrier patterns and you know when to send and what not, when not to send. Uh, but again, we can only do, do so much. You know, if Verizon, AT and T want to block it, they can absolutely block a lot of these messages. Yeah, but, I, I um, mean, I go ahead. Uh, yeah, like you know, cold callings works. 
text messaging works uh and in, you know like in our kind of in our, in our kind of industry like things just um just go in a circle like you know you know yeah. direct mail was working in 2015 and cold calling was working 2017 let's say you know text messaging was working 2018 2019 and next year it may go back to you know who knows i mean cold calling again i just it's just things go in circle if every, when everybody starts doing something you have to kind of look the other way sometimes and figure out you know what other people are not doing yeah i i just felt agree with you there um it just scares me because i remember rvms in florida completely right. i used to just destroy it with it there's i, I know people in florida wholesalers fifty thousand dollar fines they're getting from the state i'm out um so it, it's the legal stuff's um crazy but with sms i mean it, it's always just a it's always a cat and mouse game i mean I mean, I feel guilty because I, I gave out free texting scripts and I, thousands of people start using them. And now I got to switch up my own business. But 100 <laughs> percent, I mean, being creative is the number one thing that saved me in SMS. I mean, I, I was using the same ones. They went down to 75 percent. I got I don't want to reveal it because then thousands of people are going to use it. But I kind of did something very similar to what you said. Like, hey, do you get my letter in the mail? Those work really well. Um, I mean, I, I go crazy on them, but uh, my next question here is for SMS, especially next year. Uh, you kind of alluded to being very creative. Is there any other tips you can give for people that have just started? They just signed up. Maybe, you know, they use one of the links. They got a free text. And, like, what can they do to kind of stand out in, like, a crazy market like Phoenix? Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of, like, users just in Phoenix alone, obviously, in our platform. I mean, even, like, all of the major cities, there's just a lot of users that are texting the same sellers and same. I mean, it's. Uh, it's like a bloodbath out there with text messages, to be honest. Uh, and I mean, there's a couple of vari variables that uh, any user can control. So it's how frequently are you sending, the frequency of this message sendings, how many phone numbers are you sending from, and then the content of the actual messages. Uh, those really are the things that you know a typical user can control. Um, you know, we try to slow down and limit some of those variables to where like, Hey, you know, if, even if you click that button, you know, 300 times in, you know, let's say 10, 20 seconds, we're going to slow down that sending to where it's not like bombarding people because at that point, it, it, those, all of those messages are going to get completely filtered out, filtered out. Um, the frequency of sending is something that's, you know, like that's something that's actually going to get more and more, um, relevant because. Uh, recently, and recently, I mean, about three months ago, one of our vendors said, "Hey, we're going to start implementing some kind of uh, pausing features to where, you know, if a phone number, let's say, I mean, again, this is all uh, proprietary technology, and nobody would ever disclose even to our vendors. I mean, Verizon, they're not going to disclose to our vendors even what how they're filtering messages exactly because the whole idea is they don't want anybody, you know, reverse engineering their algorithms and figuring out how to get around the, their filters." So, uh, but there are certain things like, we you know, for instance, let's say, um, like I mentioned earlier, let's say I send you a message, the other person sends you, or actually let's say I send you a message and then I send, you know, let's say your data message or somebody else and then three, four, five people respond stop. That my phone number is going to get uh, basically paused from the carrier's perspective. They're going to like literally reject every single thing from that phone number for X amount of time. And the X amount of time is the thing that is proprietary to every single carrier. Um, and you know, I've I've seen sometimes numbers get released for about from about two hours on the low end. I've seen some numbers get blocked for up to three weeks. So again, 
the, the more numbers you actually have in your platform, the more numbers you're sending from, the lower the actual volume for each message, that, that the, vol the lower number of messages going out per phone number. Uh, and then obviously the content. Those are a lot of the variables that the user can control. Um, and then I think the, the, most, the, the most challenging one for a lot of the users is the content. Uh, because unfortunately, you know, you're try everybody's trying to get to the same question. You know, do you want to sell your house? Uh, and there's, it is challenging. It becomes challenging, you know, figuring out, hey, how do I beat around the bush to be able to come up with that message that will get delivered? Uh, <coughs> and again, you, you just have to be creative. Um, you know, I, I've seen, like, like I mentioned, you know, I've seen people just try to get a response. I've seen people literally just send out, hey, in the first message, question mark. Uh, it, it's those types of strategies that sometimes, you know, some investors can uh, succeed and some are just going to be blocked from the carriers. And, um, you know, what our system does and, you know, even like Twilio, like who's like, it, Twilio is obviously a publicly traded company. They will, they, they, and they, in their documentation, they say that, hey, you know, we don't actually know when a phone number actually gets blocked. Sometimes we do, if, but we get a response from it. And we basically, every time we get a response, uh, hey, this message is blocked. And literally the block says carrier violation. Uh, one of the it says carrier violation. The other vendor gives us, you know, blocked due to spam filtering. Um, and again, like, but again, some of those numbers, we just don't know. Verizon, you know, like carriers will sometimes absorb that number, not release any information on it. If they blocked it, they delivered it. And we just relay to the user whatever we information we know. Um, so again, those are the variables that a user can control. Okay. I mean, I, I still think SMS is still worth it. I mean, from, from you, you've probably on a customer service, you get people saying this, this doesn't work. It's a, it's a scam. It doesn't work. What's the number one mistake you see from uh, leads users? Like the number one mistake that they, everyone makes. Um, it's a tough question actually, because I mean, uh, so in the day to day, like a lot of the support chats, um, but I would say, um, the biggest mistake is honestly just hearing somebody like <coughs> getting a generic script from Facebook, like in Facebook groups. And I mentioned to it earlier, somebody will say, Hey, what script do you use? What message? And instead of spending, you know, a couple hours of thinking like, Hey, how do I create, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 messages that uh, I think would work and then trying it out. They're focused on spending, you know, five hours looking through Facebook groups to figure out, what message people are sending so they can send the exact same message. Um, and I see that being, being the biggest um, biggest issue with a lot of people that are just starting out. Okay. And, and, and also, like, I, I used to like feel a lot of times the same way, like, you know, even with direct mail, like, well, what postcard works, you know, what postcard, you know, what list are you supposed to mail to? And that's, that was my thinking, you know, five, five, six years ago. So, you know, um, it's just that, in my experience, everything works. You just have to be consistent at it. And everything can work. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, consistency is everything. I, I mean, um, so I, I mean, the SMS side's amazing too. Um, another question I really want to ask you is, um, I don't get to talk to many people that, you know, weren't born in the United States, they came here and then became elite wholesalers. I think there's a very low amount of people in the whole country that does something that, um, I've gotten maybe 10 messages this month. It's kind of weird before I had you on. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you're a killer author in acquisitions, but there's a lot of people that 
they've came from abroad and they came to the United States at like the age of 20 and they, they don't think they can actually get deals done. Um, what could, what are some tips you can give to people getting acquisitions wise is if English is their second language, what tips can you give them uh, to succeed? Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously like, um, I struggled with English. I had no, I mean, I, I came here when I was, uh, 11, like almost, I was almost 12 when I came to the U S so I had absolutely no, I didn't know English. I did the only thing, the word that I know is probably high and by, and you know, like my first year in school, like, I mean, I, you know, I had to basically copy. They literally told me, Hey, copy this guy over here, whatever he does, you do it. Uh, so you, at least we can pass you like, cause you, you don't speak English. Um, and, and that's how like literally my sixth grade was. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just personally have always wanted to succeed and kind of push and persevere. Um, and, you know, anybody coming to the, to the U.S. and English as a second language, that's not an excuse. Uh, I do know people, uh, I do know like, like a few people that after like 10 or 15, 20, even 20 years of being in the U.S., they still say, well, I don't know English very well. Uh, and that's the biggest BS that I've ever heard, to be honest, like honestly. Like that, that is such an excuse to like, Hey, you've been here like 10 years and you're still uh, blaming English for your lack of, uh, lack of success. Uh, that's just not acceptable. It's just not, uh, if you want to succeed, like, I mean, you don't, I mean, you, you only know, need to literally get around. I know people that on the reverse side, I know people that still to this day, like most, the majority of people would not be able to understand their dialect but they're successful in life because they persevere and they push through things. And you know, it's just, it's one of those things that uh, if you want it bad enough, you will make it happen. Um, and if you want to like wait for somebody to, you know, for money to fall out of the sky, then maybe you should wait. And yeah, I mean, that that's pretty inspirational. I think anyone sent me, I'm just going to send this video, but I, I, I've seen people the exact same way. I mean, it's always an excuse in my opinion here. Uh, but my next question here for you before we get in. So guys, ask your questions for Evo. Not many type of people you get Evo uh, on here for a question. So this I guy have, this I haven't been, I used to do a bunch of podcasts. I haven't been on the podcast in probably like five or six months, to be honest. I've just been like so busy uh, I know. that I haven't been on the podcast recently. I know. I tried finding some podcasts to listen to yesterday. I was working out to like kind of prep for this. And, and uh, you know, when, when you actually reached out to me a while back, like I was doing some podcasts, but as of right now, like I pretty much stopped. I just don't have the time to, honestly. I don't. I I know. I, I remember I remember talking to Jesse and Nanny. They're like, oh, we're, we're booked. I don't know how I got this. So it's it's amazing I got you on. So guys, ask your questions. Yeah. So, uh, so my question for you here is, you're, I mean, you're not out here going on appointments every single day. I mean, you got some pretty, uh, I'd say, bigger stuff going on. Uh, back then, now, what were some of your, because you're not really into coaching, what was like some of your hidden secrets and acquisitions? Because, I mean, you're probably one of the most insane markets ever. What was your secrets to getting deals in competitive uh, markets? Honestly, man, it was just, um, it was just being consistent. Uh, as much as I say, like, I have, like, some secret ingredient, like, I had no, like, I mean, I was, like, after every single list that I could get my hands on, 
again, like trying to figure out like what lists like, you know, would work best. Uh, tracking my numbers uh, was a huge thing that I kind of messed up on in, in the beginning of my career. Um, because what happened is, and I'll just kind of briefly mention it, um, again, like let's say through like, um, like with kind of getting culture from like Sean Terry back in the day is I really started to like, hey, I, I want to have all of my KPIs dialed in like so well to the point where like I know literally every single cent and every single marketing channel and everything like, and it got like so overwhelming. And I'm like, you know, this is just like, it was, I was to get it like perfect and it just never was perfect. And I was like to the point where it's like, wow, this thing is taking me like, let's say doing my KPIs, let's say you know, this like five, six years ago, uh, doing my KPIs is like, takes me <coughs> two hours, you know, three hours a week. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like every time, like I do it for two weeks and then third week, it's like, wow, I need like three hours to like spend on doing those KPIs now. Uh, and it was just a, um, it was a mistake that I made that I should have started off like, hey, what are the top five, four or five key metrics that I need to know for me to be able to run my business as a business? Uh, and then as time goes by, you know, I'll dial in some of those other, you know, additional four or five or 10 numbers that I really should, I mean, would want to know. Uh, so the, the mistake that I made back in the day was, again, I wanted to track things so granularly that it just didn't work out for me. Uh, I tried it twice. I, I mean, I said, you know, this is not working. The first time I said, this is not working. I'm scratching everything, starting from scratch. I made the exact same mistake on trying to track down. Like, I mean, I had a spreadsheet of like, it was like five different Excel tab sheets that I was tracking. And then the, the third, like again, the second, third, fourth week that I'm trying having to do those numbers, I'm like, oh my God, this is like just taking forever. Um, and then, but again, I should have started off with starting simple with my KPIs, knowing those four or five variables. And um, just, just I have to know like the numbers, you know, how many, uh, how many leads uh, per, you know, how many appointments are you going on? You know, how many leads are you getting in the door? Uh, what's your close ratio? Those types of things you have to know. Uh, and then the rest is like, hey, like figure out what systems you're going to use. And, you know, I used to use like, without exaggeration, 2022 plus different systems to be able to run a business, which is obviously not the case today. I mean, you can use actually like, you know, obviously a couple of our products. And plus the CRM, let's say whatever you use Podio or, you know, there's a couple, you know, you know, great CRMs out there um, and run it, run a successful operation. Um, but back in the day, it wasn't the case. So I was, um, again, um, just being consistent. I was getting lists. I was marketing. Uh, at the time, you know, I was doing direct mail, cold calling. Uh, in 2017, I started doing text messages like towards the later um, November, December of 2017. Um but it's just really staying consistent and not giving up. Uh, I mean, every lead could be a potential deal. Um, and I was trying to kind of like, you know, milk every single lead uh, as best as I could. And yeah, things fell through the cracks. Absolutely. Like uh, it wasn't perfect. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's progress over perfection. Oh, yeah. 100% there. Um, yeah. So let, let's get some questions here from, uh, from the audience here. So let's see. Keep going. Good info. Um, Antonio says, Batchley's isn't in my market in Fayetteville. Are you guys in North Carolina? Uh, absolutely. We're nationwide. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I was thinking. I'm uh, not sure. Mess. Say that again? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I mean, why he would think that we're not in North Carolina. But, yeah, Batchley's is, is, should have nationwide data. Um, so, hundred percent. I, 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 I do. I literally do batches for uh, 
not Bayville, but like uh, by Asheville. I mean, I do pretty well on that one. Um, but everyone does it now. Get replies. I still like a channel though. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dave asks. I mean, I think you know the answer. What program does Evo use? I just joined. I well, what, is what, what, program? what program does Evo use? I mean, I'll give you like, I mean, obviously like this is like a selfless plug, but I mean, we have, we have like obviously a couple of different platforms. So batch leads is the data management platform. Uh, and Zach, you're obviously on the batch driven, which is more, more geared towards like beginner wholesalers. And if you want to like drive for dollars and uh, obviously we have the virtual drive for dollars now, uh, which you can do. That's more again, just on a lower level. Um, um, and then obviously we just rolled out the batch dialer which is a cold calling platform. Um, and those are primarily the platforms that we have um, at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're pretty good. So uh, yeah, smsact.com, if you want 500 texts. Um, let's see here. Truebrook, invest, you only have to be creative for the initial text. Once the seller responds, is it okay to send message about the home without getting blocked after the initial text? uh yes uh that's always been the case however recently i have started to see some some of our backend numbers that some of those messages are getting filtered out uh what? as much as uh, yes yes um wow. and that, that's just literally the past two three months but on a very very lower um as far as a percentage level it's 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 much lower overall much much lower um wow. so yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the quick the quick answer is yes. Okay. I, I mean, I, I guess in that case, what would you say? Try to get people on the phone as quick as possible. Uh, get people on the phone. Uh, I mean, you can continue the conversation. Obviously, I mean, like you know, if they're responding to you, um, you know, ver, you know, carriers are gonna allow those messages through. Uh, if they're saying, if a lot of people are, uh, as soon as you ask them about their house and they say stop spam, you know, take me off your list, and then that happens, you know. Um, at a high percentage, then that number may get start getting blocked more frequently. Mm -hmm. um, Eric asks, asks, what advice do you have for those who are working small niche focus list through batch SMS platform? I think that's how the majority of people should actually be gearing. Like uh, that, that, that is actually the best case scenario. And I'm just not sure what your uh, question specifically is. But I think that working with like basically list, list stacking and sending, you know, maybe to a 50, 100, let's say I'm just talking some numbers, you know, 50, 100 messages, uh, let's say a day, like those will get delivered. And you can obviously like list stack and figure out, hey, who are, you know, out of my database and let's say you have 50,000 or 100,000 uh, properties in there. Uh, there's only probably, you know, two, 300 of them that are p potential sellers, to be honest. Obviously, you know that. Uh, and if you can identify those through list stacking, and send those messages. Like if you're sending, you know, like, you know, 100 messages, 200 messages a day, you're not going to have any problems um, getting blocked overall. I mean, again, things you can always get blocked depending on the content you're sending, but for the most part, those messages are going to go through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the niche lists are great. Um, other question yeah. here is, I don't know for me, uh, what percentage of the wholesale business is SMS for you, and what is second or first focus? in marketing. Um, I guess the question for me, um, I would say SMS is probably the second biggest marketing channel I have right now. Um, obviously I can't do 10,000 texts a day, but um, it's direct mail. 
SMS, and then I, I got some other ones I, I work on, but I, I can tell you a little later. But um, yeah, all there. Then for my first focus is always mail, but I, I always go crazy on this on uh, SMS. But um, really important question. Um, some dude named Jesse wants to ask, who's your favorite business partner? <laughs> uh, I'm going to name two, uh, Jesse and Annie. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to response rates. Um, Reggie, I, I think Reggie's a little late to the party. I talked about this a little earlier, but he wants to know his opt-out messages near the end of the text. Is this something that's going to be permanent? I've noticed my response rates have dropped due to this. Uh, so the, a lot of those things are actually required by the send by the actual carriers. They're going to start start blocking messages if if you're not responding. We were actually required. The platform was required, uh, as were like a lot of different platforms out there. Uh, so you know, if you find let's say theoretically a platform that doesn't require you to do that, uh, they are probably within the next month, or they're going to completely get shut down. Hundred percent. And uh, last question here from uh, Truebrook. Will you be adding RVMs, or is it not worth it to do ringless voicemails? You know, um, you know. To be honest, we're, we're thinking about it. Um, we just had a conversation actually today about it, and we we may. There's always like uh, you know laws and you know things that we have to consider uh, on a nationwide scale. Obviously, Florida and Michi Michigan being one of those states that are um, that there's more like litigations when it comes to RVMs and ringless voicemails. Uh, but it's something we're considering. So uh, if you go to featureupvote.batchleads.io, uh, you would be able to uh, just put it in there. And I think it's probably already as a suggestion. Uh, if it gets obviously like, voted up, uh, I mean, it's something that we're considering. Okay. And then uh, we got Annie in the house. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, Annie's texting me. Like, call me ASAP. Like... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So, uh, that's it guys. I really appreciate you coming on here. Um, before we head off here, uh, Evo, is there any advice or comments you want to tell the audience before we uh, sign off? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, you know, like a lot of, like, again, like just being staying consistent. A lot of our platforms work for people that actually use them, uh, the way they're intended to be used. Um, you know, text messaging works, code calling works. I think, you know, virtual drawing for dollars is going to be the next kind of big thing, in my opinion, uh, because it's something the carriers can't, nobody can actually stop you from actually virtually drawing for dollars. And that's where, like, obviously our batch-driven platform comes in play. Um, so uh, cold calling is always going to work. You just have to be consistent, um, really. I mean, you just, you know, some things, you're going to hit some dead ends sometimes, and you just have to kind of persevere and push through them. Oh, thank you guys so much for uh, watching this. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Have a good one. Awesome. Thanks.